Hello, everybody. I'm Ken. And I'm Shar. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Marriage Matters with Ken and Shar. We're going to dive right in uh, this episode and continue on our discussion about how important the vow is in a married life. In fact, we feel that it is absolutely the foundation of any great marriage, not your love for one another, something much stronger than your love for one another, which I think we all can agree can fool you sometimes. You don't always feel the same way about each other day after day. So let's talk about this vow. Your vow has three components to it. The first component is how you promise to behave towards one another, to love, to honor, and to cherish. Now, we're going to get to the second component in a minute, which is the conditions under which you promise those things. But let's talk about love and honor and cherish. The reason it's so important to remember what you promise to each other as husband and wife is because that language gives you a huge advantage when it comes to how you're going to resolve conflict. Right Now, Charlene and I learned this the hard way. I'm going to let Charlene tell a little story. It's going to embarrass me, but we're going to do this anyway, because it's really how the Lord began to show us how to resolve conflict quicker, uh, get there faster, get to the real problem as quick as you can, and then solve that problem. So Charlene, go ahead. Just share kind of how we learned this, sure. these tools. I, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to talk about <laughs> the issues we have with you. Not so much <laughs> the issues we have with me. Uh, sometimes okay, but not not that much. But anyway, since Kenny was in full-time ministry for most of our marriage, he had an issue with not coming home on time, and he wouldn't call me. So uh, as you can imagine, I had three little kids at home and waiting dinner on him, and he wouldn't show, and he wouldn't show, he wouldn't call. And Now, now in my defense, <laughs> things get complicated. I People call at the last hour and they I need help. And totally agree. I mean, this was complicated stuff for me. So anyway, I realized that, but I wasn't, didn't have a ton of compassion while I was, uh, you know, the meatloaf was getting cold. But anyway, <laughs> he wouldn't call me. And then when he would finally get home, we would end up arguing over how many minutes he was late instead of the real reason is I just felt disrespected. And I didn't feel like he really valued me enough to even take the time yeah. to say, I've got to call my wife and just let her know that I'm going to be a little late tonight. And we went year after year after year. Yeah, this was no brief skirmish. No, this was a habitual skirmish. thing. Yeah. And, it and I made every excuse <laughs> yes, in the book. I, you know how busy I am. And, you know, this isn't an eight to five job, Charlene. I, I stuff comes up and, and I, and I get that. And you know, it made me feel like a crummy Christian too saying, well, I really don't care what was happening. You needed to call me. So anyway, we went back and forth and back and forth. And when we finally realized that it was an area of disrespect, it wasn't an area of how many minutes he was late. Then we could better talk about the how to resolve this conflict because well, we, we just couldn't get resolved. no we couldn't you know it, it would be something like you're always late and i said well i'm not always late there was a day two weeks ago where i got home at the right time <laughs> you know so we'd argue about the dumbest things mm -hmm. things that weren't the real problem right in fact they weren't even close to the real problem the real problem was my lack of 
willingness, honestly, to make that phone call to communicate with Charlene. So she wouldn't worry about me, right? You were, right, I was. Uh, oh, her imagination had me, you know, dead on the road somewhere trying to get home. And the, the bottom line is, is this, that it, it took a long time right. for me to realize that the issue wasn't that she was just nagging me or that she was impatient or overly needy, right? That the issue was I had broken my vow. I had made her feel completely unimportant to me and made her feel disrespected and unloved because mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even make a phone call. It was terrible. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of worse things he could do, but that was a big one for us. So, so yeah. we, we started getting around the corner when we realized it was um, a vow issue. Yeah. So, and what happened was we, what it taught us was here's what I promise you. I promise you gang that every conflict you've ever had as a husband and wife, the reason is because one or both of you have come to feel unloved, undervalued, or disrespected, which is exactly what you promised each other you'd never do. This was hard for me to get a hold of. But 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 when you stop and think about your last argument, somebody was feeling either unloved, disrespected, or undervalued. So here's our point. Why, why we bring all this up? Here's the tool. Get to the point. Don't argue about how many minutes he was late. Don't argue about he or she left dishes in the sink. Don't argue about the, that is never the problem. The problem isn't the dishes, the dirty clothes, how much money somebody spent, or me not calling my wife when I was going to be late. The problem is, honey, when that happens, I don't feel loved. I don't feel respected. Now, those words remind me that I made a promise, I made a vow, and now I need to deal with it because I have broken that vow. So it changes the way you argue. It changes everything when you take your vow serious. And remember, I made this massive promise. And when I hear those words, something should signal in your mind, okay, I have to fix this because now I'm making my spouse feel something that I promised I never would. It just gets you to the point faster so you can get around the corner oh, faster. How yeah, so much we don't have to time go over did we waste yeah. arguing about things that weren't the problem and it didn't matter? Right. Sure. Okay. So let's move on now mm -hmm. to, uh, in this episode, to the second component of the marriage vow, which is the conditions. So here's what I what we didn't say when we married our spouse, me or or you or anyone. What we didn't say was, I promise to love you, honor you, and cherish you when it's convenient. We didn't say that. We didn't say when you deserve it. We didn't say uh, until something better comes along. We didn't say, I promise to love you, honor you, and cherish you until I have a really bad day at work, right? Then all bets are off. We didn't say any of that. What we said was, I will love you, honor you, and cherish you for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. Now, that's a poetic way of saying no matter what, which is a crazy promise, right, Charlie? I mean, yeah, I, we're, we yeah. were 19 years old. Did I have any idea what I, this massive promise, this oath, this covenant that I was entering into? Uh, no, I 
I absolutely didn't. But I spoke those words. One of the greatest, I think, breakthroughs we ever had in our marriage came when we both realized that we had made a big vow and it's time to be a, a vow keeper. So that includes understanding that anytime we behave in a way that makes our spouse feel unloved, disrespected, or unvalued, I'm a, I'm a vow breaker, right? So let's talk about better or worse, richer for poor and sickness and in health. For better or worse would include Charlotte, we've talked about this. We took a walk a little bit before we sat down to do this episode. We were talking about how bad some days can get. Well, we're saying it's easy to love and make your spouse feel loved. In the better day? In the when it's better. When it's better. When it's better, it's always the better stuff that's fine. It's the worst. The worst. And we were trying to describe to each other what worse looks like. Worse just looks bad. Worse can range from anything from, I just don't feel good today, to man, I had the worst day ever at work, or I got in an argument on a phone call with my mom, or a sister, or a brother. Um, worse can come, you, you, I mean, you can get laid off unexpectedly, right. or the promotion that you expected can go to the boss's nephew, right? Right. Well, <laughs> it's just worse, yeah. and that means you're in a pretty bad mood. Right angry usually a lot of self-pity starts setting in oh yeah and then you you bring that home you bring it home you walk in the front door and somehow your worse entitles you here's here's what we have to do business with gang it entitles us to break our vow mm -hmm. to speak in a way operate in a way and function in a way that denies our our spouse the promise that we would mm -hmm. love, honor, mm -hmm. and cherish. So, and again, the bottom line with all three of these, better, worse, richer for poor, sickness and health is, is to resolve that I'm never entitled to behave in a way that makes Charlene feel unloved, disrespected, or undervalued. Not even on my worst day. Now, have I done it? Oh, yeah. And will we continue to do it? Yes, everyone yeah. does. Yeah. But And it's when I'm not thinking. It's when... I well, don't have the vow in front of my eyes. When right? you're thinking and you're um, committed to the Lord, when you know that you have the tendency to go there sure. on a worse day, yeah. then that's when you ask the Holy Spirit to say, don't let me go there. Yeah. And, it, and, and to make you aware of when you are. Yeah. And I love how the Holy yeah. Spirit does that. Oh. He convicts you immediately the more that you ask him, the more that you bring him into these kind of days, say, Lord showed me. And yeah. he does. Yeah. Early on in our marriage, I remember three little kids and hard days. I think that probably the church was going through something difficult. And and I can, it, I like anybody, I can stink my own home up really fast, my attitude, and make Charlene's life much worse, not better, just by my presence come stinking in the front door at the end of the day. And I remember coming under some conviction about it, and uh, I began a habit. I did it not not for long, but there was a period of time where I would have to park. I remember this, Charlene. Mm -hmm. I, I would park around the corner. I didn't know it at the time. No, I didn't. I didn't share it, but I was really struggling emotionally. I was in the worst, right? And I wasn't operating well. 
right? So I would park around the corner before I came in the front door and just take five minutes, maybe less, and say, Lord, you've got to help me get my mind in the game here, man. When I walk in the front door, help me, Lord, to uplift the atmosphere in my own home, to bring in joy and peace and love and laughter and happiness and and, and help me not to stink it up. And, and that's something you may want to try. I mean, this is something that if you're serious about it, and even as we're talking, you're realizing, you know what, I, I haven't made this important. So that when things are worse, I do make everyone around me, particularly my spouse, um, uh, certainly less happy than they should mm-hmm, be and, mm-hmm. and really ultimately break that promise. So, so start asking the Lord for help. So that's better or worse. And the worst comes in so many forms, but again, dear ones, nothing of the worst um, entitles us to break that vow. Number two is richer or poorer. Now, Charlie and I both agree that we've seen money issues and money stress in a in a marriage bring out the absolute worst in people. Uh, wouldn't you say, babe? Yes, a, a lot of sin goes along with this. Is just hiding, lying about what you're doing with your money, feeling accused. Um, a lot of blaming. A lot of blaming. And it's uh, it's ugly yeah. in a marriage um, on both parties. So, you know, when you're rich, <laughs> when you're feeling yeah, good. The richer is the pretty easy part. It's, it's great. Again, it's, it's the poorer. It's the poorer. When money is tight, mm-hmm. it's difficult. Things aren't working out. The stress of that mm-hmm. uh, can cause people to become angry. And again, self-pity can set in. When you talk about it, you talk about maybe one of you wants to be on a stricter budget. The other one doesn't. Yeah. And it it starts becoming con- a, a huge conflict yeah. where you can't even talk about money. Yeah. And this richer, poorer thing is one of the, I would say, one of the it's biggest big. conflicts in marriages yeah. today. Well, it all, probably always has yeah. been, but it is a lot today, so much that um, a lot, there's a lot of couples that don't even share with each other the money they make. Sure. They have separate checkbooks. Yeah. They don't have a family account to further the gospel because two are two people putting their money together will achieve so much so much yeah. more than just one person. Yeah. So this is a big, a yeah. big deal in marriage. And, and l- later on, there'll be another episode or more than one that we deal with money in marriage and uh, we'll have a lot to share. But the bottom line is just going back to the vow. Remember you, you, the vow you specifically promised. And I did to Charlene and she to me that when money is tight and it is stressful and it's difficult, I will still mm-hmm. treat you in a way that makes you feel loved mm-hmm. and respected and valuable to yeah. me. So if money is one of those things that is an arena that has you wounding each other mm-hmm. and hurting each other, mm-hmm. look, you need we all need to do business with the mm-hmm. Lord and say, Lord, look, poor or rich, make me this kind of woman and this kind mm-hmm. of man that keeps my vow. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, Hopefully you're seeing as we take this little deep dive here, how important those sentences were, whether it was five years Mm -hmm. ago or 25 years ago, when you uttered them before the Lord to each other at your wedding, you were really setting in motion the type of woman or man you're going to be for the next 60 years, right? 
And then thirdly, there's sickness and in health. And man, if there's a difficult arena, this is it. It is no joke difficult when someone or within a marriage, one you or your partner is going through tragically a long, difficult illness. You know, a weekend flu is one thing, right. but it's 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 not feeling well and dealing with health issues over the long haul that can change the way we behave towards each other. And again, somehow we'll entitle ourselves to treating each other badly with disrespect, without love. Right? Well, and it can be on both parties. Sometimes it's the person that has the sickness sure. can be mean and cruel because they're frustrated that they have lost a, an oh, ability yeah. to function normally. Yep. And then the other person that is having to take care of the person or have to listen to them. That's difficult too. You know, all sorts of attitudes creep in. You bet. I feel like they creep in yeah. self-pity, the especially in a long illness, yeah. both people can feel self-pity. Yeah, let, we can illustrate this. Uh, it was a few years ago now, maybe four maybe or five years ago, four years ago that uh, Charlene went through uh, an extended health issue that was a long, it was months mm -hmm. long. It was actually. months long and it was, it was devastating. And uh, we knew what caused it, but we didn't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And it left me feeling extremely depressed and anxious and sick. Yeah. Inability to sleep and to eat and really not getting any help from doctors. And we, we're left to battle this on our own. Yeah, that was one of the hard parts. Is mm -hmm. you, you just you're waiting for the right prescription, the right pill, or something right. to anything. get a break, you know. Mm -hmm. But nothing. There wasn't anything, and so we we knew pretty early on that we were on our own, and that Jesus was going to have to see us through this. Right, and and you know what? It didn't come overnight, but it was advancing, and a lot of it was our marriage, the, the, the strength of our marriage that kept Kenny encouraged to encourage me because I was getting so depressed and not understanding what I was going through right. and him just praying over me, being there, uplifting me. And I knew he was scared too. We were both scared. And we, we, did, we both grew tired. We, it was we were, we were exhausted fighting and, it. And I, I have to say, Hun, your attitude, Shine's attitude never grew sour. She never got sharp with me, but though I know she was exasperated and worn out and worried and fearful. And but she she never made me feel disrespected or unloved through the process, right? Through this long haul. And I don't think I did either. I mean, we No, he was actually my strength. And I share now as I look back. I don't think I would have made it through it to come to back to full me and full health without him. I really didn't because like I said, the doctors weren't helping at all. And he was my strength. He truly was my strength. And I think what the Lord showed me it was so cool is the verse in Ecclesiastes that two are better than one. Oh yeah. And well, we learned it during that time. We learned we? it, and 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 it wasn't. I, I really, we're we're both very human, 
And we're not sharing this story Mm-mm. to make you think we're anything but and right. flawed in many ways. But we did learn that even in a dark, and, and we call this our dark and holy thing. This was the toughest months really of our life. Wouldn't you say, Ben? It, it, well, it was because it affected my health. Yeah. So it was, it was a scary thing. And, and it didn't feel like there was an end. We just no. didn't know what was around the corner. Yeah. So it was a real challenge. And there were days where I did grow tired of it. I mean, there was a, mm-hmm. in my flesh, there was part of me that wanted to go, Hey baby, you just got to fix it yourself. Right. right? And, and he, he would always say, <laughs> I would always say, Kenny, just don't worry about me. I'm doing fine. He goes, well, too late. Too late. And <laughs> I knew he was worried and I was too, but the Lord kept showing us through each other that he was going to strengthen us. He was going to be there for us. And that's our sickness and in health. We knew how to do marriage well in health. Yeah. Did health we know how to do it? Did we know how to do marriage, in love, honor, and respect in, in sickness? We didn't. We didn't. We but you to. know what? We, we learned. We did. We learned. Yeah. And it was an awesome, awesome time in our marriage. And I, I'm so thankful to the Lord we went through it. Don't ever oh, want to go so through true. it again. Right. But we did and we survived. And now we have um we have a testimony yeah. how good God is and how he can use your marriage in some really desperate Amen. times. Amen. All right, let's uh, wrap this thing up and get a bow on it. So here's the bottom line for this episode. Again, these are the conditions that we attach to this great promise. We did not say when convenient, if I feel like it when you deserve it. We are never, and here's your bottom line again, we're never entitled to break that vow. And when we do, we have to do business. We, we have to acknowledge our failure, accept responsibility, apologize, and then course correct and get back on it as a vow keeper. I've, I've had to do this. Sean's had to do that course correct many, many we times. All will. We all will have to do because that. Because in the, in the middle of it being worse, in the middle of it being when we're poorer mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's was plenty of that and in health issues when we are when there's sickness we've had to learn we can keep our vow mm-hmm. guys you can you can even in those times when it's worse when you're poor when somebody is sick that's where your vow should become so real to you and that's our prayer for you is that you visit that vow every day so that no matter what is going on in your life you're on it. You are being what you said mm-hmm. you'd be. Marriage really, when you stop and think about it, isn't that complicated. It's doing what you said you'd do, gang. You said, I love you. I'll honor you and I'll cherish you for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, no matter what. And you guys can do that. We're excited to be sharing these things with you. Our next episode, we'll be getting into, okay, so for how long? For a day, for a week, when it's while it's convenient? So we'll be talking about that. I'd like to say, too, that if you'd like to drop us a line, uh, you can contact us through our website at www.kenandshar.com or just shoot us, either one of us, an email at ken at kenandshar.com or shar at kenandshar.com. Well, honey, we wrapped up another one. Sounds good. It's great being with you guys. It is. We love it. And God bless you. Until next time. Yeah.